This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. From the ArmeniaProud.com studios. Genazit Hayed. This is a Toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. A comprehensive look at the Armenian culture, only on lineupmedia.fm. Genazit, Genazit, Pailusin, Spesak. How are you, Brian? I am doing very well. Uh, folks, uh, we had a great show last week, and I uh, had a guest on this week, but... Uh, Due to a lot of stuff happening, he's a big-time actor, and uh, he's got, uh, they're shooting a movie right now in England, and that's Ken Davidian, and uh, Ken, yeah, you guys have all seen Ken's work. I mean, it, it's outstanding. He plays serious role, big-time comedy. I remember him from, and I'm sure he's not, he's tired of it. you think he'd be tired of uh, people saying, uh, you're, you're Borat's assistant, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, but you know what, uh, that's when I first seen him on the big screen, and uh, I, I fell in love with him. I fell in love with him, and uh, he's a big-time Armenian. Uh, I keep using that word big-time, big-time, big-time actor, wow. big-time Armenian. Well, he's a big-time actor and a big-time Armenian. Yes, why the hell not? Why the hell not? And uh, he's in England right now. He's shooting a movie, and he said, you know what? Uh, I try to make some time. I, I, I can't do it this week. So uh, I said, you know what? No big deal because uh, we'll have uh, Anoush with her wine segment. It was going to follow up uh, Ken's interview anyway. But, folks, we got uh, Anoush's interview with uh, who's she with this time, buddy? Uh, she is with uh, a lovely lady named Irina. 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 And this is the wine gig, right? Yes. She is a wine expert. Wine expert. How do, you, how do you become a wine expert? I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. We'll find out. All right, so we got uh, her on, and uh, this is going to be a good show. Good show still. Uh, it's a 35-minute interview. Anush does a great job. Keep it, uh, keep it rolling, Anush. And another thing, Arsenal came to America to play uh, Colorado, uh, and uh, they beat them 3-0, to zero, but all the starters did not play for Arsenal. That's uh, Mkhitaryan as well. Yeah. So what the hell? Any ca- uh, one more thing. One more thing. Our prime minister, check this out. The soldiers out. They get horrible food in Armenia. I mean, har- even even to say it's food is uh, it's it's kind of liberal by saying it's food. But uh, the, this new government with uh, Nicole Pashinyan, he said, you know what? I want I want to see this food. No more garbage for our guys. These are our guys that protect our country. No more garbage. Mm-hmm. So he sat there, and he ate the same food they're eating. Nice. I mean, that that shows a lot of love there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I like to see. Anyway, that's uh, that's what we got. Enjoy the interview. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Toast to Armenia, Armenia Proud. This is the wine segment with Anush where I get to um, interview amazing people who are in the wine industry, um, amazing winemakers, wine lovers, and sometimes people who I just met through wine. But today um, I have a very special guest who is traveling all the way from New York. It's kind of far. <laughs> but she's originally from Armenia. I have a, a good friend. We have became friends now. I have Irina. Hi, Irina. How are you? 
Badev. Hi. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm very glad to finally meet you in person. I know each other through social <laughs> medias. So I'm very happy to see you in person and try some wines with you and talk about wine. Talking about the wines and also about the um, all the noise is uh, today uh, our podcast. Uh, my last podcast was interviewed from the Santa Monica Beach. And I was there hanging out with Ararat. You know, we had a really good time. Uh, today's interview is from San Antonio Winery, and I have interviewed Mr. Um, Riboli uh, two years ago for my podcast. It was oh, an amazing. Great. So, when when I knew you were coming, I was um, my my first thought was we need to definitely record the uh, podcast from a winery because you are into wine and I'm in the, in the wine. So, and because I've been here, this is such a good story. The winery has been 400 years in existence. They make amazing wines. They are great people. So what a best way so the only downside is that we're sitting on the patio and we're in downtown so you're going to hear helicopters yeah. you're going to hear the trucks and you're going to hear people also coming and going through but i hope it's not going to bother anyone and we're just going to enjoy the beautiful story that oh irina is going to share with us i think when there's like good wine stories involved nothing can bother us so. disrupt yeah <laughs> disrupt I, I totally us, so. totally agree we're right by the uh, parking structure but so uh, welcome again to uh, our show um, I'm so glad to have you here in person rather than interviewing you over the phone um, so um, my first question is um, you know I know you're Armenian and uh, but I would love to hear your story you know uh, where are you from and um, how did you end up in the United States? Um, I was born and raised in uh, Yerevan. I went to school there. You know, I graduated from university over there. My first major is um, international relations, public administration. Um, I moved to U.S. about seven years ago. Uh-huh. And um, I wanted to change my major because I realized that I kind of spent four years studying to realize that that's not what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. And um, how that happens, accidentally, I, I start working at the bar. My coworker was studying hospitality management, and that industry always fascinated me. I always liked the restaurants. I was always curious how does that work, you know, mm-hmm. how the cocktails are made. Yeah. Um, so I applied, and... Um, my I took some wine classes mm-hmm. as a part of the course, and I think my professor, Master Sommelier Roger Dagorn, was my inspiration, and he inspired me to to choose the wine industry as, uh-huh. as my main uh, profession and interest. So, was there? Do you remember? You know, going through all of that, was there any particular, because, you know, for a lot of people, there is a particular wine or maybe wine experience, you know, besides seeing your friends, you know, being um, in school, did you have a particular wine experience that made you, and, and besides your um, mentor, uh, the master some, was there something else that made you choose wine? I think I always remember this one incident um, you know when you move to another country from Armenia you yeah. always become the ambassador of your country people always ask you especially mm-hmm. in New York there are people all over the world there's always 
that cultural differences and people want to learn where you come from. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would always tell about Armenia and about our history and about our culture. But uh, during one lecture, when it was dedicated to Georgian wines, I decided to do lecture about Armenian wines as well <laughs> and to teach my classmates and my professor more about Armenian wines. Yeah. Um, all of my classmates loved Armenian wines so much and they learned about Armenia so much through trying and tasting the wine. Mm -hmm. Throughout the next semester, wherever I would walk through the halls, everyone would be like, hey, that's the girl with Armenian wines. So, uh -huh. That's when I realized that you can teach about your country, your culture through mm -hmm. wine. Yeah. And um, it's the best way to reach people's mind and memory and hearts. Yeah. And we have such a amazing wines with rich history behind it. Mm -hmm. That's when I realized that wine is such a powerful thing. Yeah. It's not just a drink. It's culture, it's history behind it, it's people talking about it, getting to know each other more, learning about each other. Yeah. Uh, I think that one episode really made me realize that wine is where I want to be, and specifically Armenian wines, that's what I want to get more into. Into. That's the, that is amazing. I mean, I, I completely agree with you when, you know... When you say that, you know, I love wine, it doesn't mean that you only like the drink, you know, and not because it's an alcoholic beverage, but you love wine because, exactly, the wine has history behind it. It has uh, a culture, it has traditions, it has memories, it has relationship, it has so much. Like, when you study any, any given country, any particular country, and you go deep in their history, like let's say France, Portugal, um, and uh, uh, Italy, Armenia, any other country, you, you, you dig deep into it and there is so much, so much to it. I like, for me, especially Armenian wines have that sense of belongingness. Uh -huh. So when you try it, you go back to memory because it belongs to the terroir, to the you know, where it was grown. Yeah. So for me, it brings back to my childhood memories. Or like, I tried this wine and I, it reminds me of my mom's, I don't know, she cooked jam once. Uh -huh. And I don't know, like, I really like how wine can relate uh, to memories in your head. Mm -hmm. that take, take you back mentally. You taste it and it takes you back places where you want to be, you know? That's exactly. I mean, that is absolutely amazing. So, um, so where do you work? Um, uh, where do you work currently, and what do you do? Um, um, so, on my last year in college, we had to do internship in the field that we're very interested in. So, I was into wine, obviously. Mm -hmm. I so I found this internship uh, with this place called Rooftop Reds. Mm -hmm. um, it was very funny because I was very skeptical when I was reading and researching before going to the interview. So I read that it's a rooftop a vineyard in Brooklyn Navy Yard, mm -hmm. in the middle of Brooklyn, next to Brooklyn downtown. And I was like, how is that even possible? First of all, why Navy Yard? You would never think, when somebody says Navy Yard, you would never think it could be place where grapes can grow and mm -hmm. have microclimate and have terroir, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was very skeptical, but then when I met the co-founder and managing partner, Devin Showmaker, I, his passion for wine and ideas about how it, it will 
happen and make mm -hmm. it work. Uh, I, I, my skepticism went away. So pretty much what Devin did, he had the entrepreneurship background, uh, but he also decided to study about wine. So he went to Finger Lakes uh, Community College of Onology. Mm -hmm. And then he always wanted to live in Brooklyn. Yeah. So he decided why not grow grapes in Brooklyn and make wines. And you know, it's uh, so. How exactly does that happen? Because you know, for some of the listeners, you know, they're gonna think, okay, rooftop uh, vineyard, and not really associate what it is. So, so it's, it's a, a rooftop of a building. It's a rooftop of the building, and it was um, there was a re reason why he chose especially navy yard because it used to be shipbuilding facility during the World War Two, mm -hmm. and then. Buildings are obviously more steady and durable. Yeah. So um, he could have 42 planter boxes uh -huh. with grapes growing on the roof without okay. worrying whether it will be durable or no. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of research done. Uh -huh. uh, they have also special membrane on the rooftop which reflects the sun back mm -hmm. to the grapes and it increases increases the photosynthesis so yeah you know it's a lot of research and it has done. the sea the ocean breeze and the salinity that comes from there I exactly bet. and uh, he did a lot of research and with the help of cornell university and leaders of the industry from finger lakes mm -hmm. he was able to do that yeah and it's not only just the uh, wines growing on it it also has recreational space so there's like hammocks over there mm -hmm. there's uh, place where people can come and forget that they're in the busiest city in the world you know like it's so quiet and so green uh -huh. we don't have that we have tasting room as well yeah and, I was uh, going to ask like can 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 anyone come and visit and what can we like uh, what can we I'm like I'm already there what can we do uh, so first of all you have to have a free reservation uh -huh. because it's still Brooklyn Navy Yard so it's still there's security system that you have to go through oh so from our rooftopreds.com website you can make a reservation it's for free you'll get a passcode you'll get through the security find us Mm -hmm. It's not that easy, but it's possible. We, yeah. It's like um, finding like speakeasy rooftop. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, grapes, view of the skyline, you mm -hmm. know, just being calm, mm -hmm. nice music, Separated awesome service. From the and uh, one of the pillars of the rooftop reds was, of course, promoting and highlighting Finger Lakes uh, region mm -hmm. because we think that it's not uh, it's underestimated it's not appreciated as much as it should be there's mm -hmm. amazing wines made there so we have our sister vineyard over there that makes our wines we also serve uh, other producers the mm -hmm. producers from Finger Lakes and it's absolutely delicious wines worth trying and you'll just fall in love with that. I, I brought two wines for you. Yeah, I, I can't uh, wait to yeah, try them. One of them is the Tremonet, which is like the <laughs> biggest representation of the Finger Lakes region. Mm -hmm. It's a French-American hybrid mm -hmm. um, made in Cornell University. Mm -hmm. One of the parents of Tremonet is Gouris so mm -hmm. it has that nice, you know, spiciness. Mm -hmm. very is it floral. similar to the Tremonet? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Um, so it has that spiciness. Uh, it has nice floral and uh, herbal notes to it, but it has nice refreshing acidity. Mm -hmm. And the second one was like Cabernet Franc Rosé, which Cabernet Franc is grows perfectly in Finger Lakes. Yeah. That climate is perfect for that grape. Um, it's made by Ali Shaper, female winemaker, which I'm Amazing. very proud. Every yeah. time pouring that wine, I'm very 
quite proud to emphasize that she did really great job with skin contact uh, grapes. Um, it's I like to call that wine like wine with personality because it has some notes of fruits, but it has like vegetal profile. Mm -hmm. It's dry. It's crisp. It's just amazing. So it's like all these wines we serve with pride because they they have history behind it mm -hmm. uh, and they're delicious. So it's rooftop red. It's not just vineyard. It's also a, a tasting. tasting room that uh -huh. promotes the wines from Finger Lakes. It's it's also sustainability. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's small vineyards, yeah. only fifteen thousand square feet, but it's still, yeah, uh, you know, agriculture, uber, yeah. urban agriculture. So yeah. we're making Brooklyn greener. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, and it's uh, like we started our conversation. It's all about community. Wine mm -hmm. connects people. So mm -hmm. that's what we want to do. We want you to come, spend some time with us, connect, talk about wine, so enjoy the wine. For those listeners, you know, who uh, who absolutely would love to try the wine, but um, uh, they are not uh, able to travel, uh, can they, like, do you guys have a wine club or do you have, like, a wine shop that they can order online? Is there a possibility um, to do there's that? There's no online delivery, but we do have a lot of stores and restaurants that you can find our wines. Mm -hmm. If you go to our website, .com, uh com, -huh. you can... Um, but they don't ship can. out of state. I'm not sure about yeah. that. Yeah. No, okay. We, well, we, will, we will find out. Maybe, we'll figure maybe it out. Soon. Yeah. It's a yeah. great idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, because I mean, the story is so interesting and it's such an uh, amazing concept, you know, to bring in the vineyard to a place where, you know, you would want it to be, but where there's not a physical space for it to be. But all the uh, climatic conditions are um, uh, good for, you know, growing the grapes. And this, yeah, this is, excellent. I think it's brilliant. We yeah. released our very first vintage, which was harvest was, first harvest was in 2015. Mm -hmm. And the wine was released a few months ago. Yeah. And it's absolutely amazing. I had a taste of it. Uh, yeah. You could, if you blind tasted it, you could never guess it's from New York, which mm -hmm. proves that Brooklyn has its own microclimate. Absolutely, and yeah. Terror, and it's absolutely amazing. Uh, I know Rooftop Reds um, gave me so much. I'm, I'm very happy to be part of that team because it's not only, you know, first rooftop vineyard that I work at. It's, it's just like people that work there also. You learn from them a lot. Mm -hmm. and there are people that also want to learn from you, yeah. which is the most important thing, from I think, from this industry. You know, yeah. like... Devin Showmaker, his brother Thomas, their their co-founders. We have our operation director TJ Provenzano, who also is involved in the very first sustainable sushi omakase restaurant Mayanoki, mm -hmm. which is in East Village. Uh, our general manager Clara Ken, she's like my mentor. Mm -hmm. um, whenever she describes wines, I just become sponge because I just want to listen how she talks about wine. Um, through rooftop reds, um, I was able to go to Portugal. To I was going to go to that. Yes. Uh, um, I know that you have traveled. You have been to Portugal and New Zealand, New Zealand and I wanted yeah. to know like how and why did you decide to do that? I mean, I know why, but I would like you to share because once you get into wine, in one aspect, you want to do, you want to dive into all of it, all the parts. And um, so, tell us how did you? Yes, um, because um, I was dealing with final ready product a bottle mm -hmm. of wine and I was always curious how it's actually made mm -hmm. and you can read books of course there's more a lot of books right now that are available to you but I feel like 
when you do it yourself. Yeah. It's the best way to learn. Mm -hmm. And I like to travel as well. So <laughs> wine gives you that opportunity mm -hmm. to travel, to learn, to meet people and taste wine. So, so, so you went to Portugal and did you... Um, work in the winery did you help them uh, harvest the grapes did you help them crush the grapes um i, I squeeze went, them <laughs> i went to this winery uh, which is in alentejo region mm -hmm. of portugal not too far from lisbon it borders spain as well um a small winery it's called herdade do menir mm -hmm. um, these people were super welcoming and amazing and um, they kind of let me participate in all aspects of winemaking I went um, for a few hours doing the grape harvest mm -hmm. and I was telling you this story how I got stung <laughs> by the bee I got like reaction to it but it was fun it's like part of the experience you know what how hard you start appreciating wine, wine more because you see it's labor intensive job the like, people who the harvest heat, the grapes in the heat yeah. every day they harvest the grapes uh, and agriculture is tough it's tough not getting yeah. into the political I conversation got, now exactly, but it's like yeah. we need to appreciate our um, not to take away but we need to appreciate all those people who harvest the grapes and all the other vegetables I agree with that I totally agree with I, I, I was there only for a few hours it was I was so exa exhausted because it was so hot uh -huh. like that sun burns you you have to move you have to pick the grapes you have to choose the, the good ones you, you know? have to carry it. you have to carry those grapes and then those grapes were taken to the uh, winery I was also curious to see how it's like mm -hmm. pretty much from harvesting to the bottling of wine I participating even to the point when I had to make the boxes for the bottles mm -hmm. I was curious in all aspects so. and it's amazing it's like family working there you know mm -hmm. people treat you like you're part of them and they appreciate that you want to learn more about yeah. their wines and their culture. Yeah. Which, because wine, it's not only by itself. It also includes the food. Yeah. And it comes the culture of serving food, of eating it. Of, I don't know. It's, Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's, the cuisine, then it's the food. You know, whatever, whatever that region, you know, grows the grapes, whatever in that region they make goes so well together which goes to the saying where they say you know what grows together goes together so like whatever grows in there it's like it makes a perfect balance so um so after portugal did you come back to new york or you just were like okay i want to dive in more into the wine and i am just going and you went to new zealand or no, what, I how did back, that come about I, at that time i was already like applying for job in New Zealand. I got my phone interviews, my mm -hmm. Skype interview with the head winemaker, but in New Zealand the um, harvest starts when it is winter mm -hmm. in our part of yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, my job was going to start in March. Mm -hmm. So I came back to New York and I was very curious um, about sales and I started working at um, Astor Wines and Spirits mm -hmm. store, which is one of the biggest wine and spirit stores in New York, which also gave me a lot of opportunities to meet mm -hmm. more amazing people in the industry, you know, over there during their lunch break conversations are about, oh, did you try this wine? Do you mm -hmm. know about this? You know, it's, it's amazing. It's constantly learning experience and environment, which I appreciate about the industry a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I went, I flew to New Zealand in March. Mm-hmm. I was in um, Oyster Bay winery, which is in um, South Island. It's a big one. But there's a, a lot of one. Oyster Bay wines in the one. grocery stores. Yes, yeah. it's a big one. It's a one. good wine. It's a good everyday wine. It's a good everyday wine, and I think the the vintage that will come out pretty soon that 2019 will be very special for me yeah of course it's it was uh, physically and mentally very hard job but you know it's like seven days 12 mm-hmm. hour shifts and i was lucky enough to get the night shift <laughs> which was for, like from 7 p.m till 7 a.m Oh, you you like the night? I didn't like it, but I was, oh. like I was being ironic. Oh, I think I was lucky ah. enough. Uh, uh, oh, let let let's take the newcomer into this graveyard shift. Yes, and um, it was. <clears throat> of course, I've been to hmm. Portugal, but I consider this one was my very first serious harvest job. You know, yeah, at the winery. So everything was new to me but again there's like great people in this industry who are willing to share their knowledge who help you out you'll learn so much um and just people in new zealand are amazing the i'm not even talking about the nature and the beauty of new zealand as a country Mm -hmm. just amazing experience and you start looking at wine in different way Mm -hmm. completely different perspective you start I appreciated wine before, but after that experience, I just look at it as completely different thing that involves a lot of work, a lot of efforts, and a lot of people. Vision, a, a love, vision, dedication. A, a lot of good, uh, yeah. good spirits also, yeah. because one of the questions during the interview was like, are you a team player? Mm-hmm. Are you... Like how you deal with hard work because yeah. you'll be on your feet all day, and it's like very important because you have to be uplift and mm-hmm. fun because it's not a fun job if you no, think it's about not. it. It's but, not. You know, it's not a very glamorous think, one either. I think Armenian sense of humor <clears throat> helped me a lot because I was like always throwing jokes. You know, Armenians like to make everything mm-hmm. fun, and even hard times we survive with our sense of humor mm-hmm. and positivity. So it helps a lot. Yeah. It helped a lot. Yeah. It was a great experience. Very good. I mean, that's amazing. Like, working in the, um, uh, you know, tasting wine, selling it, uh, etc. It's, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's amazing. But when you actually, like you said, you know, get your hands dirty, when you go and you harvest, when you go and you crush, when you go and you get into the tank and you are scrubbing that tank with a brush and when you get like, you know, the... The, the, the must sediment all over your face, all over your hands, you know, it's like, yeah, you have to like make a, make fun of it and, you know, enjoy it. It's, it is hard work. It's, it has good rewards and, but it takes lots of love. So, so um, now you're... That, sorry to interrupt you. I yeah, also absolutely. wanted to emphasize that um, presence of women in winemaking. Mm-hmm. It's also for heart, it's extra job because we have to prove that we can do this physical job, you know? I remember just doing tank cleaning all uh-huh. by myself because, oh, yeah. you know, you can ask for help, but then they're like, okay, I'll help you, of course. Yeah. But you have to prove also that, you know, I know it's a physical job. I can do it. Yeah. I can set up the whole cleaning system, the pump, the hoses and mm-hmm. everything. Did you make hoses? We had, like, we... S- did you Did you make them? Did you put the clamps on? That was one of my challenges that Kent told me. He said... 
here's the parts, here's the things, here's the machine, you know, make the hoses. And I had to yeah. actually, like, make them. And there's, like, different and then kinds put of them hoses, to, yeah, too. Put it's them like... to test it through this and that. And he's like, he said, okay, if you don't, if for some reason you don't have a career in the wine, you can always work really good at the hose-making factory. <laughs> because That's none of them leaked. He said, even, like, the manufactured from the store... Like, I get them, one of them always licks. And he's like, you have made this array of different hoses, and we connected them, we put, like, a bunch of pressure on it, and none of them burst it. And he's like, until now, when we talk, he's like, remember those hoses that you made? I'm like... That's something to be proud of. I remember (laughs) my very first time when I had to set up for tank cleaning. It Uh took me way longer than it would usually take for someone who is more experienced, of course, you know? And then these hoses are so heavy. Heavy. And then you have to, like... The boots. Did you wear the boots? With yes, the metal boots? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's just, you know, it was... But after that, you feel so good because you did it. Of course, it took longer Cheers than to that. it should have. But you did it all yeah. by yourself. You figure out how does that work, how yeah. it's to set up. And it's a, it's a good feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I did it. Yeah. It's great. Very and good. I'm, I'm very happy to see a lot of way more female winemakers in the industry and I met it's, it's just amazing yeah I'm very glad to see that that's that is that is um, uh, there is actually a, a, a good amount of uh, female winemakers in the Armenian industry and I'm trying to switch the gears because uh, I know you're back to New York and you're at rooftop but you are also doing something with Armenian wines in yes. New York so yes. why don't you share that with us so it's like I mentioned the story with the Armenian, lect- Armenian wine lecture in, in my college, it became one of my dreams to promote Armenian wines, mm-hmm. especially in uh, East Coast, because over here in California, there's more Armenian presence mm-hmm. and bigger community, so I'm sure you have more uh, availability of Armenian wines there's that are a, being yeah. imported here, but in New York, not so many. So... I met this amazing couple, Sylvia and Derek Kruzenka. Uh, I love their story also. Uh, so Sylvia is Egyptian-Armenian who moved to, U- to the U.S. In, during the 60s. Um, she studied public administration, and um, her husband, Derek, is American who studied MBA. You know, he was doing consulting for insurance company, but all, all these years he loved wine a lot. Mm-hmm. So, And he was telling me, They've been married for more than 30 years. It's like I've been Armenian for all these years because I think just our culture, Mm -hmm. our personality is so contagious. Even the foreigners, like, become some partly Armenian. Mm -hmm. He's very passionate about Armenia. They visited Armenia a few years ago, and since then, they're going there every year. Mm -hmm. And since they're so interested into wines after... uh, they retired, they decided to devote all the time and everything to import Armenian wines to, to the East Coast. So, so they're importers. It's an yeah. importing company. What's yes. the name of the company? Crush. Crush. K-R-U-S-H. Uh-huh. Um, you can also find more information about us on armwines.com. Oh, okay. Um, it's the story behind it, all the wines that we carry. We picked a few boutique wineries um, and now I joined them mm-hmm. gladly and happily, and we're going to try to expand. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Our, I mean, yeah. we, um, the Armenian wine industry has gone through such a big change and through so much exciting um, 
um, changes uh, that uh, it's it's wonderful to share it. You know, you know the Guinea Fest, the Armenian Wine and yes. Spirit Festival that um, uh, Stepan and myself um, organized. That this was the second year, and first year we had about 300 people. The second year we had about this year we had about like six to seven hundred people, and. There were people who came last year who made sure that they come this time with their friends. There were a lot of non-Armenian people. There were a lot of Armenian people who had never tried Armenian wines. And everybody's response and excitement is huge. So having something, events like that, really helps promote the Armenian wine industry. And you guys doing similar things on the East Coast, you know, it's an absolutely amazing opportunity for the Armenian winemakers to um, produce more wine, and you know, also, make more money. It's an opportunity for foreigners to try really delicious wine that has history behind it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not only helping us in Armenia. I think in my head, I think I'm helping other people to be able to t- try this wine, which is absolutely amazing. And I'm not being biased only because I'm Armenian. It's really good wine. Like, whoever tried uh, from my friends or classmates, last time I posted, like, a picture on Instagram with Armenian wines, and my classmate, I graduated two years ago. Mm-hmm. He texted me. He's like, I still remember the wine that, Armenian wine that I tried during that lecture. Oh, that's so it's, amazing. So it talks a lot. It yeah. means people, you know, it lingers. Mm-hmm. They really loved it. Yeah. Um, Do we need to know which wines did you have for your Zora. presentation? <laughs> uh, a little commercial for Zora. <laughs> a well, but here's the thing. You said that was four years ago because you didn't have the opportunity or the availability for a bunch yeah. of other wines yeah, as well. Yeah, that was the only wine that I could, I could buy online yeah. Yeah. because yeah. I really wanted yeah. everyone to taste and, it. And what's amazing about Zora is that he has his wine is made from an ancient varietal, Arani, and it's also made in an ancient style in the Karas, the traditional, you know, vessel that Armenia has been using for ages. So those two things, the terroir, the technique, the aging vessel, all of that gives you the exact feel of what the wine is supposed to be coming you know, from there. When I was working at the wine store, I realized to make the sales of any kind of wine, you have to have story behind it. Oh, yeah. Right now, people don't want to only know what grape was used, how the wine was made, you know, even the label. Okay, it's all important, but people really want to hear story behind it. Mm-hmm. And we have that. Armenian wines have that. Yeah. Everything. Everything that people are looking for in the wine. Mm-hmm. It's a good quality wine. It's amazing, uh, I don't know, taste, aroma, everything. Mm-hmm. And also story behind it absolutely so so are you guys going to have some events that people can follow along or how can they you know working for this uh, importer you're joining their team um you know for the listeners who are on the east coast if they want to buy some of your wines how can they find out where exactly to get them uh well you can go on wines.com and um we do some online deliveries, but you also have to understand it's like baby steps. Mm-hmm. We're still starting this company. It's very small. Mm-hmm. However, you can order online, and I'm sure pretty soon will be mm-hmm. more available, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I to see. get us at the stores. In the or, different stores. And, and more, more states will be able to get yeah. it delivered. We're working on it. 
so I know this is this is the thing that um, you are doing now. Any more future plans for Armenia and Armenian wine? Like, do you have another? Because you know, once you get into it, you always have. You, once you get into wine, you always have ideas. You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. Do you have any? other I mean, like major plans or ideas that you want to do within would, past next five to ten years i would really like in new york to have some kind of armenian restaurant mm-hmm. with authentic armenian food okay and that i was thinking uh-huh. that it could be modified uh, to be like more familiar with taste and palates of americans for example mm-hmm. for example like very small example it can be if you're making a cocktail, for example, mojito, it can be served with tarragon. For example, you know, like yeah. we can do all these things that are familiar to it foreigners, be, but with Armenian accent. It could be like a mulberry, a vodka with tonic and tarragon. There you go. Yes. Wouldn't that be great? I just want more people to be familiar with yeah. Armenian tastes. You yeah. Know? There's no like, there's some restaurants, I've heard that some closed uh-huh. in New York. Uh, small cafes, like maybe in Coney Island, where there's a presence of post-Soviet countries. Mm-hmm. But I really would like to have something like Armenian tapas mm-hmm. kind of thing, like small plates. That would be awesome. Wine and cocktails. There you go. Local ingredients, something like that. We need to find That's you. my dream. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I love that dream. Um, I wish you to uh, realize that dream because that sounds amazing. I mean, this is something that's really not hard to do you just need to find the right chef who has the right vision and you know you got the wine background you have the whole hospitality background you might have also have the location and also we need the investor okay we need an investor (laughs) (laughs) we need we need an investor and etc so we'll figure that out yes i Um, mean for now i really want to focus on having more stores and restaurants and bars having armenian wines in the menu and educating them about Armenia. And I want more people just to learn how yeah. amazing we are. Because we are. <laughs> we are. That's yes. absolutely. We have a lot to offer. And it's it's a little baby steps, but I'm sure it will turn into something bigger. Yeah. I t- years, totally. I agree. When you tell someone you're from Armenia, I want people not to be like, where is that? I want people to be like, yes, I know Armenia. I've mm-hmm. tried your amazing wines and you guys are amazing. <laughs> Something like that. That's my goal for now. I love it. I love I love the goal. I love your passion, your determination. Anything else before um, we say goodbye? Do you want to add anything else? Do you want to encourage our listeners who have never tried Armenian wine to go out and... I mean, I want people in general just to be curious about things that they don't know about. Mm-hmm countries that never heard before and I think wine is the best way to learn and just keep on learning there you go perfect well thank you so much thank you for uh, taking time and hanging out with me today thank you Um, it was so much fun yeah finally met you in person yeah me too (laughs) very exciting it's 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 really fun so all right guys um we'll catch you next time and until then, drink more Armenian wine. Yes. Support uh, your uh, fellow Armenians by, um, you know, consuming their product. And educate other people. Educate about. other people, exactly. Most importantly, you know, buy a bottle of Armenian wine and give it to your friends who have never tried it. So until then, cheers, guys. Bye.
Well, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And who would have thought stuff like that, too, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I never would have thought to start growing grapes on the top of a building. No, but it's... I I know that uh, it's it's got to be peaceful, too, man. I can go up there, and uh, I won't even think that I'm on top of a building. Yeah. I'm just thinking that I'm I'm in a... Oh, a vineyard. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, uh, I love going up to the rooftops of buildings and just sitting there and like listening to everything, but it'd be nice to be surrounded by plants and stuff. Too. Yeah. Be great. Yeah. Really. And you know, folks, I got to tell you, I seen Brian coming back from lunch. He was sitting outside. It's 105 degrees, my Armenian friends. And this 1% Armenian took over because he's sitting out there and he was taking care of this plant that was dying in his, uh, in his office so he took it outside and he's sitting outside on the on right at the corner of our uh, building there and he's taking care of the plant just like yeah, a it's true armenian man pruning away some of the dead leaves and cutting off the stems that weren't growing it's very well damn 105 degrees though i know but i felt that they could use a little bit of uh you know real sunlight as opposed to the the lights that are above them you know exactly then what this Yurina sargosov is uh, all about then uh, with the rooftop yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did I even say her name right? No. I, I hacked it, didn't I? Yeah. I don't care. Let's uh, still roll with it. Sargasova. So let, let me... Che- okay, what was that? Sargasova. All right, I'm going to do... It. You said Sargasova. Yeah. That's, I thought it was uh, with a... Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Sargasova. Yeah. Let's go with that. Sargasova. <laughs> was that better? I would assume... How would they... How do you suppose they would say that, like, in Armenia? We I, I don't because uh, we don't use a SOVA. Uh, we use a YAN, and that helps me out because I know the Armenian last names, and this one doesn't kick in. Doesn't Sargisovian. I could see that. <laughs> Sar- and it would be Sarkis. Sarkis. Oh, Sarkis yeah, or Sarkis. Sovanyan. Sovanyan. There you go. Wow, wow. That would be... That, that sounds even nicer, too. It sounds more pleasant and... This is a last name. We can't butcher the last name, though, so it's Sargisova. Yeah. All right. It's a strong name. I it's like it. It's a strong name. It's got to be a little Russian there, too. And that's uh, Urena. So, you know what? Uh, they had a great wine thing, too, and she's yes. still... Uh, she still thinks highly of uh, the Armenian wines. It's amazing how Armenian wines, all these segments come from Anu Shabbatam. And I, I would have just thought there were two or three. Yeah. No, forget about it. Keeps I mean, going. It keeps going and going and going, just like that rabbit. Yep. What's that rabbit's name? The Energizer Bunny. Energizion <laughs> Bunny. Hmm? Bunny. All right. All right. Genatset, Kishet Party. We'll see you next week. Tune in next week for another episode of A Toast to Armenia with Jano Kabinjian. Find the show online at armeniaproud.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation at facebook.com slash armeniaproud or Twitter at armeniaproud. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.